Welcome to the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast, where it's all about, you guessed it, grant writing and funding made easy so you can increase capacity, grow funding, and advance your nonprofit or freelance mission. Now, let's hand it over to your host, grants expert and author Holly Rustic, so you can increase your funding and drive impact. Hello, hello, hello. It's Holly Rustic here at Grant Writing and Funding, and welcome to the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast, where every week I help you grow capacity, increase funding, and to advance mission. That might be the mission of the nonprofit that you're working at, or if you're a nonprofit consultant or freelance grant writer, the many different nonprofits you work with. All right, we have a great show, and I just want to give a shout out to everyone, all of the people uh, tuning in and again and again each week. Uh, Welcome back, and if you're new to listening to the show, welcome. We are now in our last week of 2022, so we have another best of a podcast for you today. This week, we are focusing on freelance grant writers and nonprofit consultants, so I went ahead and put together the most popular listened to podcast episodes that have to do with uh, nonprofit consultants or freelance grant writers. And those, we have a little mix. I grabbed some of the really great parts, just some excerpts from them, but I'll be giving you the number of each podcast and also they'll be in the show notes. So if you love the little clip that you hear today and you haven't heard that podcast yet, you can definitely find out in the show notes. Uh, You can get a click to all the links in the show notes um, and then I'll mention them here today as well. That way, if you're already on your podcast player, you can just scroll through to get to the one. All right, so I'm definitely excited about today. It is our 251st episode. So we definitely celebrated last week with our 250th episode. Thank you again to all of you listeners who make this keep happening because if you weren't listening, I wouldn't be making it. (laughs) So definitely thank you um, for tuning in each week. And also, thank you to all of our featured speakers that we have on the podcast. We don't always have speakers every week. I run a podcast, as some of you know, that it's called a combination podcast. And what that means is sometimes I have guests on to interview, and then other times I just have something where I talk about it. So it's just from my point of view. So that's kind of a mix. So we have both we have interviews, and then we also have just where I'll be talking about something. So it's a lot of fun. I love it. I love this podcast, and thank you you so much again for listening. Um, We definitely have some exciting things happening in 2023, so stay tuned. If you're not a part of our Hub Haven uh, newsletter and online platform yet that is completely free, do jump over to grantwritingandfunding.com and join our free Hub Haven. We also have some other awesome things there for you if you're wanting to increase your skills in grant writing, nonprofit funding, or if you're interested in becoming a freelance grant writer or nonprofit consultant or already are one and want some additional tools. So do jump over to grantwritingandfunding.com for all of that. And of course, for today's show notes, it's just grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 251. So you can definitely find all of the show notes and the links to the full episodes. And just before we get started, real quick, our grant professional mentorship doors are open. They do close January 8th. So you, if you're a freelance grant writer or you want to become one, you will want to join the mentorship. It is an annual program where you get support throughout the entire year. And what it does is it'll help you book out your grant writing business with ideal nonprofit clients in 2023. It will also give you a business model system and 
help you increase your confidence and mindset around how you approach clients and how you approach your business. And of course, we have a feedback community support system where we meet twice a month throughout the year in a very structured manner so you get masterclasses, accountability sessions, hot seats, and so, so much more. For more information to join, jump over to grantwritingandfunding.com and just click on the mentorship button at the top of the menu. And then you'll be able to see all of it there. So definitely join us. This is only open. We ha- we actually have an amazing bonus where you get a one-on-one business strategy coaching call with yours truly if you sign up before December 30th and you also get another freebie, which is a cold calling script. So you don't have to try to think of how you reach out to those cold call leads as far as like nonprofits you've never met and other places where you can find your ideal client. Because even if you find them sometimes, let me tell you, you don't know what to say. How much should you write in an email? How much should you say on the phone? How much should you say in a DM? I go ahead and give you a script. So if you want to join those bonuses, do join before December 30th. And I'm going to tell you guys, this is the place to really be able to start living the business that you dreamed of, right? A lot of you guys started freelance grant writing businesses or you want to start one and you're starting it for a reason, right? If that's more flexibility in your schedule, if it's working with ideal clients that you're passionate about, if it's bringing in a higher revenue than you can get as a grant writer working at a nonprofit, there are a lot of reasons and this system will help you get there because so often what I've seen is so many people open their businesses and pretty soon they are not living the lives that they wanted to, right? They are working constantly. They're having difficult clients come in the door, all of those things. So we wanna help you not do that and go back to why did you wanna start this business? And let's go ahead and make that lifestyle happen. So once again, jump over to grantwritingandfunding.com, click on mentorship on the top menu, and you will see all about that, how you can join. So let's get back into our podcast today, or so let's get into it. We are talking about the top most listened to podcast episodes for freelance grant writers and nonprofit consultants in 2022. We're going to go ahead and kick off the doors with Rachel Waterman. And this was podcast episode 211, and the title is A Grant Writer's Dream, The System to Build Relationships with Funding Sources. So even though Rachel also shares some other things that any grant writer can really benefit from in you know working in a nonprofit or as a freelancer, I just really thought this was a great one to share because her business model is so unique that a lot of freelance grant writers want to look at it, they want to know more about it, they want to see how she works, how her business is set up. So I went ahead and I grabbed the specific clip on how she talks about that today, and you guys are going to love it. So as a freelance grant writer, if you're looking to grow your business, if you're looking to have partnerships with other grant writers, definitely, definitely, definitely listen to this full episode. And for any grant writer that's looking to build a better system, then you'll want to listen to this podcast episode. All right, here's Rachel. Again, too. That's what you do because, um, as far as looking at, you have a team that can manage this, right? You have a team that's working on different aspects. So I know I said we're going to talk about your system a little bit because I just I love your system and I, I talk about it to my different uh, freelance students because I'm like, well, there's there's you can always think outside of the box, right? On how you're going to run your business or how you're going to do yeah. things. 
So do you mind talking about that a little bit? Because I think your system is so cool. <laughs> sure, sure. I didn't know that the way we did things was so different until I until we started talking to other people. But um, yeah, so uh, our team, there really isn't like anyone, any, we're not all grant writers. Um, we all, we don't work on individual applications. We all sort of work together, what we do. Um, and we do it more like an assembly line if you would. Mm -hmm. So we've got um, someone preps the application and um, like gathers all the relevant information, fills out all the sort of standard information, looks up what we told them last year, what did we tell them on the last report, gathers all that in one place um, and preps it and it turns it into a Word document that's easy to work with because, you know, sometimes those forms are terrible, the yeah. online platforms you know, the PDF forms, whatever it is, puts it all and, you know, gathers all the attachments they ask for, and then they send it on to the writer. Mm -hmm. And then the writer reviews, makes sure we're using all the right things. They, they use all this information from the prepper to write, they write, and then they send it on to either a second writer, depending on the, the complexity of the application, or it gets sent on to proofing. And then proofers get it and they check everything. They make sure everything is consistent. And then the proofers send it back over to grant management. And then grant management, you know, make, handles the submission, records it in the system, makes sure the client gets their copies and everything's recorded and kind of all that stuff. And then, and then we wait for we wait for our award letters. Yay! Um, but it it is. It is a little bit different because our whole team is involved in in all of the applications, mm -hmm. but um, it for us it's so much better because it's so lonely to do grant applications by yourself. Yeah, you know, like doing the budget, doing the doing the marketing materials, and you know, doing all the financial stuff, and uh, you know, all the program results and the logic models and. The, you know, and it's just, it's a lonely thing to have. Once again, that was Rachel Waterman with Global Development Solutions. And for that full episode, definitely go to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 211. All right, so let's move on to the next most popular podcast on grant writing and funding for freelance grant writers. And that was episode 203. And that's where I actually talked about how nonprofits and freelance grant writers can leverage the great resignation. All right, that's still happening, you know, and, and how I like to term it was actually the great redistribution. And really, that really is happening still where there's a lot of fluctuation going on in the job market and industry to industry. So this is definitely one that you can still listen to that's relevant to today's world. And we just grabbed a clip here where I talk about how freelance grant writers can leverage this space going on with all of the new hiring, with all of the shifting, with all of the redistribution of people and manpower and skills and all of that. And this is definitely still relevant today. So check out this clip. And then also I talked about how nonprofits can leverage hiring freelance grant writers. So if you wanna to listen to the whole episode, um, you can check out episode 203. So here's the clip for freelance grant writers. How a freelance grant writer can leverage the great resignation. If you are a freelance grant writer, you are needed. Like you just saw, 78% increase even more. You were needed before, all right guys? Now you are needed even more. 
So there's a huge demand for freelance grant writing um, and for grant writing in general. Um, but now your label as a freelancer is even more lucrative. Why? And if you just looked at what I talked about for nonprofits, it's pretty much that, right? Now nonprofits can, they actually can hire you. They're more used to this. And the number one reason for freelancers here is remote working is now mainstream. All right, so your skills were always needed, but a lot of nonprofits wanted to hire employees, grant writers as employees before. Now, because of the things we mentioned before, there are a lot more, I mean, it's just like the veil has come off their eyes and they are now seeing the magic of remote working for many, and the magic of hiring a freelancer because of their budget. And I remember when, um, Grand Central USA founder Rodney Walker, back in 2019, he came on the podcast and he said, more than 50% of the workforce will be freelancers by 2025. And I thought, oh, that seems really soon, maybe by like 2050. But look at this, the, um, the global pandemic has just fast-tracked this where yes, working remote and being a freelancer has become very, very mainstream. And more nonprofits because of this are understanding the benefits of hiring consultants versus employees. And a lot of that's based on what I said before. Their budgets can be lower. They don't have to provide everything for the freelancers. They can get specific skills done. So the second thing, of course, is that your skills are needed. You as a freelance grant writer can really leverage right now the great resignation to say, hey, you need me. With the cancellation of typical in-person fundraising events throughout the last couple of years, um, nonprofits are turning toward other funding revenues such as grants. Or even if they pursued grants before, now it's like, oh my gosh, grants has become more and more important. Um, they're really going after grants right now. And they're realizing that they just can't slap these things together and they need your skills and how important these technical skills are. Um, there's also been a huge increase in the amount, the funding amount of federal grants and foundation grants since 2020. So there, uh, there's definitely grant funding out there and nonprofits want to access it. So our next most listened to podcast was episode 200. And that was with Mandy Pierce from Funding for Good. And she talks about how to identify what rates to charge as a grant writer. So definitely this is great for you as a freelance grant writer to listen to the entire thing because she just drops knowledge bombs throughout. Like even just for me to find a clip, I was like, the whole thing's a great clip. <laughs> but I went ahead and I found one where she actually gives you several gems that you're going to walk away with. But if you have not listened to this entire podcast and you're a freelance grant writer, once you finish listening to this podcast today, definitely go to episode 200 and check it out. You can go to the show notes as well to find that link. Mandy's going to drop some truth bombs here in this clip about how to really organize your prices and how to kind of reshift your mindset around becoming a freelance grant writer or being a successful one. So here's Mandy. A couple of things that I've learned from the clients that I've worked with with coaching is most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time folks have come from working in the nonprofit world to wanting to be a consultant because that's where they learn all their skills, right? And that seems pretty natural transition. Um, one of the mindsets that I run into a lot is 
the, we don't have the money to pay. So when they start their business, they're like, oh, they're not going to be able to pay me. Hmm. And I always try to coach people through, they're not your ideal clients if they can't pay your fee. Right. Hmm. And there are services that you can offer and there are tools that you can provide people that aren't able to pay for your level of services yet. And that's okay. You have a YouTube channel, you have a podcast, you have blogs on your website, you have things where people can go and access them for free and learn. Right. And people who can afford you have a different opportunity for a different level of service interaction with you as, as a consultant. And it's really hard for people to understand that. And I try to tell people, it's like someone saying, people always used to email me and say, Hey, I want to come to that thing you're doing, but I don't have any money. Can I come anyway? Do you have a scholarship? Do you have a blah, blah, blah? And I'm like, no, I'm sorry. We don't have that available. If I went to a car dealership and said, I really want a Range Rover, but I only have the money to buy a Pinto. Can I have the Range Rover anyway? No, that's not how it works. <laughs> so, you know, you have to, to work for what that thing is you want, but as a consultant, you have to know what you're worth and yeah. you have to know who is your ideal client. Are you targeting those people that can't pay you because if so, that's a very different business model than I really want to grow as a business and I want to help people create impact in their communities. So that was the first mindset I really had to get people to think through. <clears throat> the second mindset is when you're asking for a salary and you're working for a nonprofit, there are some very specific ranges based on where you are and what you're doing. If you're executive director, if you're a COO, if you're a development director, whatever, and you can't just willy-nilly be like, hey, I've been making $35,000 my whole career. Now I want to make 100, right? It just doesn't work that way. But as a consultant, you can step back and say, what do I need to make to pay my bills? What do I want to make to provide a certain life for myself and my family? And how am I going to do that? What services am I going to provide? How much am I going to charge for those services? How many of those services do I need to book a month and a year and, and create a business plan, right? That's Strategic planning in the nonprofit world, business planning in the for-profit world, same thing. What are you going to do? How are you going to get there? So helping people think through an, an hourly fee, a project-based fee, uh, an annual fee split up into months, you know, there's a lot of different ways to price your services. I had a client recently who went through a boot camp with me and um, I said, well, how much do you charge an hour right now? They had just started their consulting business mm -hmm. and they said $35 an hour. I was like, okay, so we have a little work to do. We can work from there, right? And so we, we've talked by the end of their 60 days with me, they had gone from 35 to 50 to 100. They were comfortable with 100 at that point. Mm. And they had the value, the skills, experience, the expertise to offer that. And, and, and it was reasonable, right? Mm. I had another client who started at, she hoped she could do 50. By the end of her 60 days, she still felt like she could probably do 50. <laughs> so um, everybody gets there at a different time. But what I will tell you is that my business partner, Marie, will not mind me using her as an example. We've been working together for over 15 years and she has bleeding heart. I want to do everything for everybody for free. That's just her personality. That's how she's been in the nonprofit world her whole life. And she's worked for nonprofits that didn't have a lot of resources. It wasn't until two years ago that she finally got comfortable charging what her skill set is actually worth. Now, mind you, she doesn't have a choice because I'm the one charging because it's my business, but she's finally comfortable with it, right? And now she sees, oh my gosh, I don't have to take 12 clients doing this one thing a month. I can take this one client doing this one thing a month and I can pay for my bills and my family's medical care and put food on the table and not have to stress out about it or work 100 hours a week. Mm -hmm. 
And it was a huge mindset shift for her. And it has made her more comfortable in the work she's doing and built her confidence up as a consultant and really helped the business overall. So there's a lot of different types of people that get into consulting. Usually I don't see people coming from the for-profit world to consult. I see people coming from the for-profit world to be an executive director or to start a nonprofit, which is a whole nother issue there. So that was Mandy Pierce again from Funding for Good. So definitely check out that full episode. You're going to love it. That was episode 200. And also as a reminder, Mandy Pierce and I from Funding for Good and Grant Writing and Funding, we are putting on the Nonprofit Consulting Conference online August 23rd and 24th in 2023. We already have registration available. We have amazing sponsors coming on and amazing speakers. You guys are really going to get so much out of the conference this year as nonprofit consultants or freelance grant writers. So do check that out and I'll have the link in the show notes too. All right, so now let's shift into our next most popular episode and that was episode 202, Four Reasons Why a Grant Writer Cannot Get Paid on Commission. All right, and in this episode, I go over those four points and you are going to definitely want to hear all of them. So once again, this is uh, episode 202 and I'm going to share with you a clip from our fourth point. And this is a really important one. You're gonna to wanna to listen to all of these, but to, uh, the fourth point is really important because it's about your value as a freelance grant writer. A lot of nonprofits out there, this is one of the biggest questions I'm, freelancers come to me with is, Holly, I get asked if I can write grants on commission. That means if the grant gets awarded, they will then get paid a certain percentage of the budget this is unallowable, right? And I go over the four different points of why it's unallowable. So if you are getting this question or if you are a freelance grant writer, you will get this question at some point. So do listen to this episode because it gives you basically the script on how you can respond to that. But from the clip today, it's going to talk about one very important reason and that is because you are creating a product. So let's go ahead and listen to that against OMB super circular. So those are basically like IRS financial rules. Right? So it's against you cannot do it because you cannot um, actually anything that's done pre grant award cannot be funded because there's no agreement right? There's no agreement. So it can't actually be paid from the, the monies. And I'm talking federal grants right now. So number two is really a federal grant thing. It's not a foundation grant. Number three, we're going to get into our foundation grant. But if you're looking at federal grants, getting federal funds from your for your nonprofit, if you go to pay your grant writer from that budget, right, that federal budget after award, they're not going to, you could like not get reimbursed. You could get that denied, et cetera, because it is actually against the OMB super circular, which are the financial rules in the IRS. All right. So you definitely, you just, it can't be done. And if you think about it from the federal uh, government's point of view, they're saying we are going to give you money for this grant, right? Um, and our contract starts when we actually, you know, when we award you and we sign the contract, that's when our partnership starts. That's when our funding exchange happens. So of course, why would they pay you for things that are done pre-award? They won't. All right. So your second, your second thing, especially if you're writing a federal grant for the nonprofit is to say, no, it's against, um, the IRS regulations. 
Number three, so now we can look at even foundation grants because foundation grants are private monies, right? So they say, well, what if it's a private grant? Can I just do that? What is a foundation? You know, think of like Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, the Ford Foundation, etc. So the other thing is just because of the nature of how a grant is done, you write a grant for a program that's going to happen or be expanded, right? And you have to develop a budget. So now you have this budget developed for a program that's going to happen. So you can't actually pull, once again, from that budget to pay for anything that's done pre-award. So very much just like federal grants, foundations also follow this because of the nature of a grant. So if you think about it, a grant's kind of like a business plan and you're saying this is what we're going to do. So you can't be actually paying uh, from that budget for something that is done beforehand, right? So think about it, you have in your grant, you're paying, you know, maybe your project directors, your project coordinators, um, you're paying for the program expenses, any supplies, any rent, etc., any travel that needs to happen. And the thing is, is the grant writer wrote the grant before any of that. It's not a part of that program, right? So you cannot pay um, for anything, it's not allowable, once again, from the grant budget to pay for something that was done before the award of the grant. All right? So there's definitely a process when you guys write grants. All right, you write the grant, you submit it, it gets reviewed, it goes, you know, maybe up to another channel to get review, and then it goes into award, then it gets signed, and then there's the agreement. So anything done before that doesn't get approved to actually get paid from. All right, our fourth point actually has some sub points. So our fourth point is it's a product that you are developing as a grant writer. Just think about that for a second. You're actually, when you're writing the grant, you are doing, it's a service, right? You are service-based, you're writing the grant, it's a service. Once you are done with that grant and you hand it over to the nonprofit, then it becomes a product. And our final most popular listened to podcast episode for freelance grant writers in 2022 was episode number 223. And that is tips for grant writers to work better with their nonprofit clients with Mr. Steve Bulland. And this is a great podcast. Once again, these are all excellent. Um, do listen to this one if you're a freelance grant writer and you have not listened to the whole thing because he drops amazing knowledge and tips, especially for anyone who's a freelance grant writer. If you haven't, he gives a lot of examples, which is fantastic. So I took a clip from today, which was really fun, and how he talks about the difference in your scope of work. And I get this a lot personally as a freelance grant writer and with the freelance grant writers that I work with, we get a lot of mission drifting from our scope of work. <laughs> and what I mean by this is nonprofits will come to you on the one hand to write grants for something they've already been doing so for to expand a certain program, to ask for monies about something they already have a lot of knowledge in and data and etc. Then there's also the time they come to you because they see a grant opportunity for a program that they could develop that's completely new. And they kind of think that's the same thing, that you should be charging the same price for writing a grant on something they already are doing, that you have data on, et cetera, and writing an entirely new program. So he talks about the difference on this, and he also talks about why you should charge a different price and how you can talk about that, how you can bring up that reality to nonprofit clients. So this is a really great clip. 
the ghost thing is that, and I run into this more often than I care to, is charities will come in with a uh, opportunity that that somebody has forwarded to them, saying, mm-hmm. "Oh, this this great grant opportunity. Can you write this up for us?" And I read through. I'm like, "You don't actually do that." And they're like, "Well, but we could. We we yeah. could do it." So I'm like, "Now, now you want me to write to a." program versus mm-hmm. writing you a grant. You want me to create from whole cloth, a brand new program for your organization that you haven't envisioned. Mm-hmm. Can I step in and become your, you know, temporary ED to, to envision this new thing that it's now going to get funded? Um, that doesn't feel quite, you know, right, where we are being asked then to um, create a, a thing that doesn't actually exist in any way, shape or form for the organization yet to answer questions about how they would do it. And I think sometimes our clients get really used to us coming in, doing that kind of journalistic interview, reading all of the past information, summarizing it so well that they're like, but you write so well, you can just write that. I'm like, we write about all the things that you've been able to envision and think of and strategically plan and whatnot. But the stuff that hasn't been done yet, <laughs> asking us to write that is is a little different. And it does feel a little you know, ghosty there. And I do have to push back sometimes with those clients and say, when you've taken the moment to really envision why you want to do that program, who's going to manage it, how much that's going to cost and all the rest of it, um, and then come back and start thinking about how we're going to fund it, we can absolutely help you with that program. But reverse engineering it where you find a funding stream that wants to pay for something that you don't kind of yet do, uh, and then asking us to create that for you, that, that doesn't feel great. And I don't think is very successful. Yes, yes. And I completely agree. And, and like you said, I, I get approached to do that more often than not. You know what I mean? So it is interesting. Uh, it's kind of this, this myth tied with grants as far as like, oh, cha-ching, I see the money and now I want to apply for that thing. And But it could be mission drifting or maybe it's not. Maybe it is a program that does fit, but like you said, they're not doing it yet. So then they put everything on you to basically develop a business plan for that new program, right? So um, definitely, you know, that is working with the client very closely then, and that could be an entirely different price, right? To kind of sort through that, you know, because you're doing the development and planning on that. So that does kind of put your hat in a different situation um, as far as like business plan. Well, and and to your earlier point about that, you know, that master's degree or those past experiences that we bring into the table as those consultants is sometimes we are in a place where we can contribute that level of expertise about a program creation, Mm -hmm. where we can start thinking about job descriptions that might need to be filled or, uh, you know, outcome measurement tools that don't exist yet, but we know how you can help put them together. Mm -hmm. But if if they want to call on that part of our expertise, and that is going to take more time, right, you've got to be able to carefully go back to your existing scope of work with that client and say, right now, how we're working doesn't support us doing that. But we do have expertise that could help you create some of those things over time. And maybe you want to engage us for that too. And we can talk about changing that scope of work and, and, or adding a new one or whatever the right thing may be, because there are times when we're working with clients who've had a great vision for the start of that nonprofit, but in the process, as they deliver services and they meet people in the community, they hear this other need just over and over and over. And they have no experience with creating something outside of their first core competency. Um, And many of us that have been writing grants and doing lots of other things in the sector are used to getting into those start startup modes in other spaces and can maybe answer some good questions about that, that those folks can't. But as you're saying, it is such a 
different project than it is to just um, really tell the story of an existing program well that you know we, we got to be careful about uh, what does that agreement say and how are we holding ourselves accountable to what we promised we would do and uh, the client too holding them accountable as well. And once again, that was Steve Boland, and that was from episode 223. So for all of the links from today's episode, from our five most listened to uh, podcast episodes on grant writing and funding for freelance grant writers and nonprofit consultants, please jump over to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 251. And we will have all of the links there for these episodes that we have the clips from today. I hope you enjoyed this roundup today, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your 2022. And as you enter 2023, thank you so much for tuning in and being on the Changemaker Tribe. And as always, if you love this podcast, please do leave a review on your podcast listener as it does help other folks find the podcast. All right, guys, um, I hope to see you in the mentorship, all you freelance grant writers, because you are going to be blown away with all of the tools, resources, and community to really get your business flowing, booked out with ideal nonprofit clients in 2023. All right, guys, I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.